Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And ah, beans, we done did it again, didn't we? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been one month since we did an episode. <laughs> Fuck, it's probably been no long. the DMCA. Uh, but no, we uh, we yeah, we we fell off a little bit again. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, we it's been one of those things where it's it's between like real life shit getting in the way and other creative outlets kind of drawing our energies. Yeah. Uh, but we we were talking about this earlier today, and we both do want to keep doing this show. And so for the time being, we're going to be moving to doing this bi-weekly as opposed to every week. Uh, yeah. Which hopefully will just let us Give feel us a, a little less to pressure every to... Episode. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Not feel like, oh um, shit, it's time to record, we got an episode coming out in two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to switch to bi-weekly, and we're going to do it bi-weekly and then who knows maybe maybe as things develop and we figure stuff out and have our other projects uh more more in hand and more in in up to speed uh we'll be able to go back to a weekly schedule but we were both like well probably better to just like commit to doing it bi-weekly instead of keeping to telling ourselves we're doing it weekly and then not yeah so now that we're back at it uh hey dylan what are we talking about this week I decided that we should talk about the online experience for video games, because it's not something I do a whole lot. The Guilty Gear Strive beta came out recently, and I just did a deep dive on that, and that was, like, some of the most fun I've had. Like, that was one of the most fun weekends I've had since the pandemic started. And I was sitting Um, over here with my freshly built new PC that can run Guilty Gear Strive, just, like, staring over the fence into PlayStation land. Tell you drooling. what, Chris. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you what, Chris. We should play some. Uh, we should play some accent core later. I'm very down. Okay. Get that uh, that guilty gear fix. Yeah, because I I'm I'm itching for it too now. Like I'm like, oh man, I and it, it's not going to be the same. I'm going to be like, man, I wish Roman cancels were piss baby easy, and I wish that like <laughs> Ramlethal was in this game. But I guess I'll make do. And we could play Exerd too. It's true. I would need to get Exerd though. Oh, I didn't know you didn't have it. Anyway, I, yeah. So yeah, you you were doing a lot of uh, of striving. Yeah, just playing online with, uh, like ninety nine percent of the time with complete strangers. There were a couple times where I was able to hit up some friends and we were able to play. But um, 
yeah, for the, for the most part, I was just, like, fully steeping myself into the world of online fighting games. I was say, it is a world that I have been in a little bit. Uh, I've done a little bit of, like, online ranked play in Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, and on my stream this past weekend, I tried to do some online play in uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and boy, howdy, that is a ghost <sighs> that town. That game is dead. Which is a shame, because it's a very stylish game. I like a lot of the stuff it has going on, but there were, I think, two other people in the lobbies that I could see. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I saw you go through the list of lobbies, and most of those things were empty. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that's another conversation for another day, but we might touch upon it briefly. I'm trying to trying to figure out how I want to start this. I guess, like, I, I should start by saying what at least draws me to fighting games. And I think fighting games are really fun because they're like action games. They're like old school beat-em-ups, except you have a much more expanded moveset. And it's yeah. a they're boss rush games if you're playing the arcade mode. Um, it's just you're fighting an enemy with like a moveset as, as complex as your own. And so in, in arcade mode the AI is set up to utilize these different tool sets in different ways, and so you need to recognize those patterns and react to them. And so what makes fighting games special is that not only are these boss rush games, these are boss rush games where the bosses can be controlled by other people. And so, yeah. you know, these um, you're never going to have the same fight with the same player or I guess at least in a good fighting game, you're never going to have a, the same fight with the same player. Um, there's always going to be a little bit of leeway, and people are going to have different styles. People are going to have different combos mastered, which means that they will lead with different attacks. So it's it's just... Um, I, I would kind of compare it to Dark Souls PvP, honestly. Um, if you really yeah, like the action yeah. mechanics of Dark Souls to the point where, like, you know your weapons super well, or you know a variety of weapons and skills super well, um, you'll deliberately start to seek out challenges with enemies that aren't AI-controlled, because AI can become predictable, AI can become stale. But the cool thing about these types of one-on-one -on -one PvP games that are you know, more action-oriented than, say, something like a, a shooter... Okay, that came out wrong, but um, I, I think you know what I mean? <laughs> like... There's, yeah, there's a degree oriented of towards a different kind of a different kind of action and a different style of like obstacle to be overcome. Exactly, and it's a way to kind of keep that going, keep that momentum going. Because I think shooters are more multiplayer experiences across the board than they are single player experiences. Whereas I feel like the appeal of a fighting game is that once you reach a certain amount of proficiency. With, like, the single-player mode, like, the real meat of the experience is in the, not competitive mode, but, you know, in playing against other people. Yeah, in, in... But it's, like, it's, like, a half and, and half. Like, it's, like, you, you develop your skills first. Like, you, you gain an understanding of the character and, like, what you can do within those systems. I, and then you go out to test your metal against the best that the internet can bring to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I think it's really interesting, and I, I really like the, I don't know, I have, I have also never been, like, the biggest online gamer. Mm -hmm. uh, I would agree with that, neither have I. But, like, 
online fighting games are fun because you just like, especially in, like I said, the one that I have the most experience with is Dragon Ball Fighters. You just like, I go in and I queue up and I say, hey, bring me a foe. Dragon Ball Fighters, <laughs> and then I go over to the training mode to tr- to practice combos and and lab things out while I wait, and then it's just like, oh, here's a stranger. See which one of you is stronger, and then they're gone. And then it's like it's just it's it's a fun little like in a way it it kind of encapsulates what we talked about in a not too distant past episode about like communal play. Mm-hmm. It it reminds me a lot of the experience of like going to an arcade and like pulling up at the fighting game at like you know the Tekken cabinet yeah. next to somebody that you've never seen before and you'll never see again and run, running a few rounds with them. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a very similar kind of energy to it that I find really interesting and engaging and like you have this like rival for 20 minutes and then they're gone. Yeah, and I think the the nice thing about that is that um that kind of experience, like, was something that I could only really get if I visited a barcade, like, an hour away from where I live, or, alternatively, I go to a convention. Um, yeah. Online yeah. play, good online play, brings that experience to your home, although you do also kind of lose a bit of the person-to-person. Because um, it's like, they're complete strangers, but, at least from my experience, I think people are a lot less likely to rage if you're fighting them in person and you have, like, a person to riff and joke with. Um, yeah yeah or you know even Although congratulate you... on a good round you know yeah didn't you end up like oh yeah i don't want to say like becoming friends with but like interacting a little bit on twitter with somebody that you ran some rounds with yeah um so i was i there's there's someone i follow on twitter we're mutuals and he does a lot of streaming on youtube and uh i the, the final day of the beta, I actually, like, he was streaming, so I jumped in on the stream. Um, and my username in Guilty Gear Strive is different from my YouTube channel name because that YouTube channel is from, like, middle school. I should probably change it sooner or later. The Dark Past. Yeah, the Dark Past. Every, everybody has those web accounts, those, like, your YouTube account that you have used the most frequently or, like, an old yeah. Twitter that you have, you have left on the shelf collecting dust. It's just like, we must burn this place. <laughs> <laughs> so while while I'm waiting to uh fight the guy streaming, I'm I'm fighting with some of the other people in stream kind of waiting to get their turn in. Um and one of one of the people, like I, I did a couple rounds with him, and when I finally was playing on the stream, the guy said, Hey, I fought this Ramlethal player before. He's pretty good. And I just kind of did a little Ooh. fist bump because I was like, Ooh, give me that serotonin, you know? <laughs> um Yes, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah witness no, me maybe so yeah the the guy streaming explained that that's actually me the uh you know this username in chat and so you know we we started to hit it off like just in this chat room and i think that's something really cool about online uh the online experience especially if you navigate in these circles like in a fan discord or watching like someone stream um i think it is a good it's a weird like this is our post-social uh, media way of socializing in a pandemic, but it's also really cool that I was able to have that um, happen. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And I, I, I think that there's, there's an element of it where, like, it can become more than, like, the fleeting interactions we've been talking about, because, yeah. like, I'm thinking about 
Um, like the the one other online game that I have played a fair amount of is I play League of Legends, which I know is not great, <laughs> but <laughs> it's fun, and I have some some real life friends that play that it's fun to play with. I mean, there's no way that uh, every online experience is going to be unambiguously positive. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other the the thing is that like I have found people that like. I might never actually interact with them in the game. Like I, I purposely turn off uh, the chat function in League of Legends because, like, probably for anything the best. that needs to be communicated to me to actually help win the game can be done through like the in-game pinging. Mm-hmm. I don't need the enemy team or my team getting angry and typing in chat. That's not what I play the game for. Right. But I have I have had interactions where it's like I you know I I'm up against an opponent in my lane that's like very good unexpectedly and like really trounces me and I will remember their name and then it's like oh you know two weeks later I happen just through the randomness of matchmaking to run into them again and it's like oh now it's time <laughs> and like I've seen that also with um, time for payback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've seen that also with some, like, fighting game YouTubers that I follow. Like, they will have these people that they run into as they're recording their videos. And, like, you know, every now and then, one of them will just, like, have a cold open where it's the pre-match screen. And it, like, slowly zooms in on the username. And they're like, oh, boy, here we go again. (laughs) And so there's this this fun element of, like... What's that? Sorry, finish finish what you were saying, but should should we talk about the urban legend after this? Oh, I I hadn't even been intentionally veering towards that, but that's <laughs> absolutely the that, the logical segue. Uh but yeah, there's there's this definite fun element of like if you spend enough time playing any game online, you will start to like run into people, you know, at or near your skill level if it's like an MME or M- Is that it? I I wish I could help you out, but I, I, I don't know. I can't think of, of the head. acronyms. There's different acronyms for, like, the ways that pe- that games, like, assess skill and match you up with people. Uh, so as you play more and more, you will end up running into people around your skill level multiple times, and you can kind of develop these fun, like... It's like when you're on a long road trip, and you and one other car keep, like, passing each other back and forth. And, like, you know, maybe you pull off on, uh, to, for, like, a rest stop, and then you get back on the road, and, like, ten minutes down the road, they get back on the highway from a different rest stop, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're back at it again. It's that kind of relationship, where there's absolutely not a relationship at all, but just by, like, proximity and running into these people more and more, you, you, you kind of convince yourself that, like, yeah, this is my rival, this is, I gotta beat him this time. Maybe this is just my brain being weird, but no, I mean, I I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, I definitely have had moments where just like while in the lobby, I'll run into a player that I fought like maybe a half hour ago, and I'm like, really want to get another, just want to get another set in with that guy, like maybe a, a, a rematch, maybe. <laughs> Please come on, fingers Don't crossed, leave a man right? hanging. Like, I hope I'm not annoying you, but I also want another <laughs> It was a fun fight. <laughs> Gotta Come run on. it back. Uh, but yeah, and then sometimes, especially in the age of uh, YouTube and streaming, those rivalries uh-huh. take on another form and become something more like oh. a legend or Here we go. a folktale. 
Uh, <laughs> there was... Chris, what are you talking about? So there is a, there is a YouTuber that Dylan inf- yep. dis- discovered and shared with me and has now become one of my favorites. Uh, their their name on YouTube is Majin Obama, which is already very, which very is already good. already top-notch. <laughs> Incredibly strong. Uh, but they, they're a fighting game YouTuber, and they were doing content out of the uh, the Guilty Gear Strive beta, and their, their uh, <laughs> username their, uh, in Guilty moniker. Gear Strive was <laughs> Lil Bussy Man. <laughs> uh, I'm just a little guy, I'm just a Lil Bussy which Man, come on! Which is incredibly funny, <laughs> and what he did was he just staked out, so the way that Guilty Gear Strive worked, at least in the beta, and I think it's how it's going to work in the final game, is that there's not a traditional, like, ranked system, but there is a more competitive a more competitive game mode where by winning fights, you unlock the ability to climb higher and higher in a tower. It's like fucking Heaven's yeah. Tower in Hunter Hunter. That's not what it's called, is Hunter, it? Hunter Hunter, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's Heaven's, Heaven's Arena. Arena. That's it, what it's called. What it's I haven't called. watched Hunter Hunter in a, a minute. Uh, but it's very, it's mm-hmm. very, like, anime tournament tower aesthetic. Uh, and what Lil what Lil Bussy Man did was he just camped out on was it was it floor eight? He was. I guess if we're using the Hunter Hunter analogy for all three of our listeners who yeah. watch Hunter Hunter, <laughs> don't watch Hunter um, Hunter. It's a great anime. Anyway, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, he's he's Hisaka. He's like on the floor and he's like, you cannot go any higher until you can defeat yeah. me. And so he put out this video that was just clips from other fighting game streamers and YouTubers running into him on, like, floor eight of this tower, and him beating most of them, but then anytime and one beat him, he afterwards. would, yeah, anytime, at the end of a match, he would tweet out either, like, you are not ready, return when you are able to face me, or you are worthy <laughs> of traversing floor eight of the Tokyo Tower. And it it's... Justin Wong, you may go ahead. It's incredible. It's re- it was really funny, but then really because funny. of like the the fighting game streamer community is like you know it's not small, but it is small enough that everyone who who does it kind of like gets to the point of knowing each other at least in passing. So you would run into like. Mm-hmm. Dylan was saying right before we recorded this, uh, you were listening to it was Castle Super Beast. Yeah. And uh yeah, Castle Super Beast. And Wooly of uh Wooly Versus, who who is on that podcast, was just like bringing up running into Lil Bussy Man as though it was somebody that like as if that three-word combination out of context makes perfect just sense. Made sense. <laughs> Instead of being complete <laughs> nonsense gobbledygook. <laughs> I fucking love Lil Bussy Man. <laughs> Uh, he's a hero in our hearts and in our minds. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> Thank you for explaining all of that. I would not have been able to get through it. <laughs> it was a str- I was vi- I was biting my fucking tongue, man. I don't know what to tell you. That video gives me so much joy. Um, but then, like, the best thing about that is that, like, afterwards he released a video on how to beat Lil Bussy Man, which was actually more of a guide on some of the more advanced mechanics that are in Guilty Gear Strive for people who want to learn the game and, like, figure out more of the nuances and what they can do. How to beat Lil Bussy Man. So yeah, good. It's very good. So fucking good. So he, this, yeah, so he became a meme and then used that meme to try and get more people into the nitty-gritty of this fighting game to 
expand the scene, which I think is something that's really cool. Yeah. How that kind of the meme culture kind of feeds back on itself to invite more people in. Yeah, which I'm I'm especially excited for because Guilty Gear as a franchise has always been like a little bit niche. Like it is not yeah, the Guilty first. Gear, I feel like is oh, go for it's it. a fighting game that everybody knows about, but no one's really played. Yeah, which myself included. Yeah, like there there is a community of people who really like it and who play it a lot, and I've started to become one of those people because goddamn, it's fun. But, yeah, when it clicks, it it clicks. Yeah, but like it's it is it's not Street Fighter, it's not Tekken, it's not like if you ask the random person who like knows about video games but is not a big fighting game person to Hold list on, did off. Did you just imply that Tekken is a simple game to play? No, no, I'm talking in terms of, like, name recognition. <laughs> no, I'm just giving yeah. shit. No, Tekken, no, giving Tekken shit. Go ahead. terrifies me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, it is not the, the first fighting game series, or even probably, like, the third or fourth fighting game series that your average person's gonna list off. But Strive yeah. seems poised to, like, really change that. Like, Strive... Mm-hmm. People are kind of hype for Strive, and I'm Strive has a very distinct visual identity, and I'm and really also, excited like, to see Guilty Gear get like a resurgence. I, I've seen influencers like start being interested in Guilty Gear Strive, and like this is some like one of the YouTubers, it, for example, like she did a series on Darkstalker, so I'm like, oh yeah, she knows about obscure video games, of course she knows about Guilty Gear Strive, and she saw the Eno trailer, and she was like, what is this? <laughs> and I didn't realize, like, oh man, yeah, I guess Guilty Gear is still kind of, yeah. maybe not grassroots, but it, it's definitely It, it is not. definitely a niche property, uh, but it, it'll be cool yeah. to see how much of this hype stays, and how many more folks end up getting into... Guilty Gear as a result of Strive yeah. and th- this hype machine that's going. Well, fighting game players constantly talk about how, like, the most exciting part of a fighting game's online scene is when um, it first comes out, because that's that's the period where everyone's trying to figure stuff out, seeing what they can do, um, what other characters can do, uh, strategize, you know, all that stuff. Um, it, and it's it's kind of weird, because it's not exactly like an MMO where like they can just have expansions and it's like here's new content for you like you get new characters but really that's kind of where everything lives and dies and I feel like our MOBA is kind of like that as well a little bit yeah like they mm-hmm. for for League at least like they will update they will put out balance patches every couple of weeks and about every year to, uh, six months to a year they'll put out like a fairly substantial change like the at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of the 2021 season, uh, they completely, this was actually really cool, they completely overhauled uh, items in the game. If you, if you don't play a lot of MOBAs, the way it typically okay. works is that you'll, you pick a character, like a fighting game character, or like a, you know, it, they're, they're referred to as a champion in League of Legends, uh, and they have like a set of moves. And then as you play the individual match, you level up and you gain currency that you can spend on items to upgrade your stats and give yourself unique abilities in the context of that one match. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the beginning of this season, they completely overhauled items. They changed the ways that items can be unique. They they introduced this idea of mythic items, which are like the item that you kind of build the rest of your items around, and they give static bonuses based on finishing other items. Uh, and it was it was very cool and very exciting because suddenly, like, you know, items would change and be be 
buffed or nerfed as the meta necessitated or just to shake things up. But all of a sudden, like, oh, a whole bunch of items are gone. There's a whole bunch of brand new items. The items that still exist got changed around and nobody really knows what champions are going to be like supposed to build according to the meta for a little while. And it was a very cool little period while where everyone was like experimenting and figuring out how to do new things with it. Uh, and then there are the, the new champions that come out as well, but like that's, it's the same kind of thing. Like when you're, when you're doing consistent play for online games, you need, you either need to be able to shake things up like that, like for, you know, a MOBA with balance patches or something like Magic Online where you're getting new cards as the new expansions comes out. Uh, and with fighting games, it's just a matter of, like, putting out new characters. And, like, most fighting games will do some patches as well for balance. Yeah. Like, if it just turns out, like, oh, shit, this character is just too good. Dominating the game. Yeah. I would love to get somebody who works for, like, League or Arxis or someone something like that on to talk about like the mentality behind those balance changes and patches maybe not even on the show i just would love to have that conversation because like there's an element of it that's obvious like you know if you know if you're playing you guilty gear strive get frustrated with the game yeah you want them to continue playing the game and the best and easiest way to do that is to encourage them to pick a character who you know they like but might not be the best yeah and so there's obviously, like, if, you, if you're playing Strive and Potemkin is winning 80% of the matches that he is present in, you probably need to address that with, a, ba with like, a, pa a patch of some kind. It's but a good I would, thing I play a mid-range zoner, so I don't have to worry about that. I've, <laughs> I've seen Potemkin move. Potem Potemkin's scary, Potemkin don't get me wrong. frightens it's, me. Like, Ramlethal just has, like, these big fuck-off swords, <laughs> so it's easy to keep him away. But yeah, I know. I think that would be. I would just love to to talk to someone who has to like do that as their job and just see like what are the kind of like opportunity cost and uh, balancing ideas that you have to go through when you're when you're planning stuff like that out. I don't know. I think that would be cool. That's not what we're talking about today, but that's in my brain now. <laughs> no, I got you. Um, there's also stuff like uh to touch on fighting games one last time. It's you know, you have the different iterations of Street Fighter 2, of the Street Fighter Alpha series, of Street Fighter 3. Um, nowadays, it's DLC and updates and season season packs. Yeah. Um, but Street Fighter 5 did something interesting uh, where they, like, they've been adding and changing, like, meter, like, what meter does. Oh, really? Um, like, they've been giving more things for uh, the player to be able to do with their meter. I don't know the specifics just because it's been so long since I've played Street Fighter V, but that's definitely making me interested in coming back, which means they are they've been doing their yeah, job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the people at Capcom. Yeah, I mean, um, Coop, uh, our friend Coop, bought me Street Fighter V recently because apparently there's crossplay. So, we play so <laughs> there is. I might need to uh, to take a look at that because I remember having some fun with it when it first came out back when we were in college and living together, but. That was before it's, fighting games yeah. had really clicked for me like they have now. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, but we can we uh, we can move on from fighting games. I uh, wanted to also quickly talk about how um, you know you have games like you know various first person shooters and MMOs. How they have th those experiences are something that are a bit more designed, and so when you get new content for a multiplayer game in one of those cases, it's usually like 
here's new dungeons, here's new raids, or here's a new map pack uh, with different level design. Maybe, I don't know how uh, the meta for first-person shooters works necessarily, but there's something new to discover uh, beyond just what you can do and what you're capable of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I And I think that's one of the other things that's really interesting is that, like, the development of an online scene is such a back and forth because like the developers can tweak things. They can move numbers up and down. They can change the way like a gun in a first person shooter works or the way that like a particular item interacts with another item in an, in a MOBA. But then they put it out there and then it's up to like the players will take that and be like, okay, but what if we break it in this other way? God, I should really play Splatoon. I'm excited for Splatoon 3. I have, I have never... I was just thinking about that. I have never touched Splatoon, but the aesthetic of Splatoon is so delightful. I played a little bit of the first game on my friend's Wii U, but I should really get the second one. Maybe not for the multiplayer content, but I've heard the single-player content is actually really good. You know, maybe maybe that's what we'll get into next. We'll get into Splatoon, <laughs> and we'll have to learn how to stream our Nintendo Switches. <laughs> Go buy a fucking uh, Elgato. Elgato, Yeah. <laughs> I've already spent so much on this on hardware recently. Yeah, I know. You're <laughs> get that streamer money, son. I've I've made a whopping like seventeen dollars from Twitch.tv at this point, and I can't. Yeah, I can't you, pay it out until I have at least a hundred. You gotta invest. You gotta diversify your bonds. <laughs> no, that's okay. But that no, that that this is a a tangent. But now that we're talking about it, that has honestly been one of the. It's one of the reasons I want to get back into doing this damn show, because I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And one of the, a great piece of advice I got from, uh, from a, a voiceover coaching session I had was just, like, have your mm-hmm. fingers in multiple pots. Like, do voiceover yeah. and, like, find other stuff you enjoy doing. That's why I've been getting into streaming, that's, and that's, that's why I really love... That's what my coach has been telling me as well. <laughs> yeah, just, like, and it's, it's great, you know, whatever your you the listener uh whatever it is that you are out there trying to do like if it's something creative find other outlets for that creative energy as well because that way like if you're you know if you're an illustrator and you you get up and you sit down to do your illustration work for the day and you're like man i'm just really not feeling this piece maybe i'll go stream myself doodling some fan art instead or maybe i'll go and work mm-hmm. on this like concept art for this like you know, pitch Bible I'm putting together or like having multiple avenues that you can for like let your creative energy flow means that when you run into a block, it's not a fucking block. It's just like, it's just drifting into this other path for the day. I don't know why I'm talking about this on this show. This is not our, this is not the Dylan and Chris talk through the creative process podcast, but well, I mean, if, if this pandemic has done one thing to me, it's made me think about like, how to express myself. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's been a universal thing, but from a bunch of people I've been talking to, it really seems like that's the case. Yeah, I feel like everybody's been been feeling... Like we've all been in a pressure cooker. Yeah. And we just like need some way to be like, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Witness me. <laughs> Witness me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you um, what do you say to calling this one a somewhat shorter than usual episode? Just because I feel like we oh absolutely I feel like I got most yeah. of my thoughts on this topic out, and now we're just rambling about being creative workers. But yeah, well, it's almost like that's kind of what this podcast is. Hell built on. yeah! <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I think that I think that we can kind of wrap up here, and we'll be back again in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, with I don't know. Who knows what we'll be talking about? Probably something cool. You should tune in then. It's exciting. I- we'll have two weeks to think about. Yeah. It. Holy shit. Oh, that feels so good to be able to say. Hell, we can record next freeing. weekend and then not have to rush to edit it out two days yeah, from by then. by all means. Oh my god. This is exciting. That- so we, we hope that you guys are all right with that change. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think, I think our content will be stronger yeah. for it. Stronger, more consistent, all those good things. And we'll talk to you again then. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to Backstage Gaming. We hope that you have enjoyed it. If you like our show and want to know more about it, you can check us out at our website, bsgpod.com. It's got info about me and Dylan. It's got info about the show. It's got a glossary of terms. It's got all kinds of good stuff. It's got a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly, which you should feel free to do. Uh, you should also... Wherever you're getting the show, whether it's the Apple po- the Apple Podcast Service, Google Podcasts, the uh, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever podcatcher you choose to use, leave a rating, leave a review, share it with your friends, share your link on our social or share our link on your social media. Do whatever you can to share the things that you love with the people that you love, whether that's our show or anything else. That's just something that I'm passionate about. Now I'm rambling again. Anyway, like, like comment, subscribe. <laughs> Hey, Dylan, social media. Uh, Click five stars on the YouTube video because it's 2008. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, it used to be stars, not likes and dislikes. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, if you want to check us out, you can uh, visit us on social media. We are are on Facebook, and we are also on Twitter, where our handle is at BSG underscore cast. I've been tripping over myself because it's been a while since I've had to say that. Um, Also, if you want to engage with us, uh, we'd appreciate it if you use that hashtag BSG pod. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff and want to check out more of it, you can find him on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-french.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com slash brennanfrencharts and at Twitter, where his handle is at Brennan underscore French. You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. You can find all of his music by searching, or by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks, as always, to our patrons over at patreon.com slash bsgpod, especially for their patience, as we have not been as uh, consistent as we should be. But if you like the show and you want to support it in a very direct way, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that. Uh, And thank you again to all of our patrons for supporting us there. It is your fault that we are able to do this without losing any money on things like web hosting fees, which is incredible and super, super cool. Uh, Thanks also to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It is a great network full of podcasts about video games. If you like Our show, you'll probably like a good number of the shows over there as well, whether it's from the fandom side, the news side, the development side. There's shows there from all kinds of areas of the industry. Uh, Also, because we didn't do our our mid-show playbill, let me just quickly plug Dylan's other podcast, uh, Dude, You Remember Macross? It's a show about giant robots, or it's a show about a show about giant robots, I guess. Their podcast is. Uh, And you can find them by going to... uh, Hey, Dylan, what's those URLs? 
Yeah, you can find us on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. Uh, we are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And also, The Unexplored Places. It's another great podcast. It's an actual play show. If you like actual play shows, you'll like them. It's using the scum and villainy system to tell a story about ne'er-do-wells in space. Dylan and I are both in it as cast members, and you can find that by going to twitter.com and looking for at unexploredcast or by going to unexploredcast.libsyn.com. Whoo, that's all the tr- credits, I think. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and bearing with us, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye bye. Take care. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.